Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for this gathering here in a couple days of young people in Kansas City. And Father, we ask that you would do a supernatural miracle, Lord God, by young people who are apathetic, being passionate for Jesus. We pray that they would encounter you in a supernatural way. God, we ask that you would work. Father, we thank you for these 21 days of prayers. We intentionally take time to focus in on you. I ask, Lord, that every man and every woman, Lord, would have an increase of encountering you in these 21 days. God, we ask that we would honor you by bringing our first and our best, that we would give you, Lord God, this early part of this new year. We honor you. We love you. We pray that the word of God would come alive in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2003, I took a bunch of people to uh, India, and while we were there, um, one of the things that was so astounding to me was uh, we, we went and visited lots of different house churches. And most of the house churches were fairly small um, and, and, and powerful, but one of them was incredible. One of them kind of blew my mind. Uh, we got there and there were literally about probably 250 children, like kids, like eight years old, 10 years old, like little kids. And they, it, was, it was July, it was hot, it was 100 and something degrees. And there was kids not only in the main room, but on the ceiling, I mean, literally like standing on the roof, like, and then out into the road. And so it's somewhere in New Delhi and it's so many kids packed in there that they were out all the way on the, on the roof, on the floor, out into the road. And then you could hear like a, like a jam box from the eighties, like a tape cassette, just, you know, like muffled, like kind of bad sound, but really great, you know, Jesus sound coming out and it was muffled and loud and you walk in and kids are just worshiping God, like some on their face, some jumping up and down. And I don't know about you, but I, I was blown away. I, I saw all these kids who were from New Delhi just worshiping God and seeking God. And, and the truth was is that most of the places we'd been, we didn't see that kind of enthusiasm. And so I was blown away. I was, I was taken back. And so I wanted to meet the pastor and it turned out that there was co-pastors and typically you meet a pastor and it might be a guy that, you know, was like me, but this was actually two 23-year-old ladies that were co-pastors, both single. And so I said to them, I said, tell me, how did this work? How, how are there hundreds of kids at middle of the afternoon worshiping God and praying, I mean, on their faces? And they said this, they said, well, when we moved from the university, we came here and we felt like the Lord had called us to start this church that would focus in on young people. And they said, but when we first started, nobody came and we didn't see anything and we would go back and we would do services and nobody came. And so we gave ourselves to 40 days of prayer and fasting. And they said, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, we couldn't keep the children away. And they said, ever since then, man, we've seen God move powerfully. And I remember just being wowed because there was something that when, they, when I asked the question, the, the, the way that they could even tell the narrative of their story of God's supernatural activity in their midst was this. When we prayed and fasted, God acted. And so I wanna talk to us today about developing this really desperate faith that looks to God. And in this season, 
praying and fasting with great faith that our church would be a place where the activity of God is manifest, where God is at work. I mean, you know, like not just, hey, we got a website and we got some people that are coming and, and we got some chairs and we got some curtains. I'd say a building, but we got trailers and curtains and we got, we got, we got stuff, not, not that, but that the story that the narrative would be, hey, we gather together and God is among us. God is at work. There is something, there's a story to tell about God's activity that is beyond just human ideas, that the Lord is doing something powerful. And so I want us to take some time this week and talk a little bit about prayer. And when I say that, there's so many components of prayer. We could do a 25 week series on prayer. I wanna focus a little bit on today about gathering together and in humility, the body asking God to work among us. And so I think for most of us, even when we hear about prayer, it's easy to think of like the super spiritual people. Like it's easy to think of the people that, you know, might have that gift, but it's not me. And sometimes we think of the really great prayers as maybe, maybe the disciplined people. But you know, after all, my, my prayer life's kind of messed up because I can't quite engage in that level of, di- I'm not as disciplined of a person or I don't have some kind of gift But imagine with me what God wants to do in your heart where you in whatever season of life you're in and whatever maturity, maybe if you're someone who's even brand new to following Jesus, that God wants to meet you and God delights in your prayers no matter your maturity, no matter where you're at on your journey. I know for me, sometimes I I begin to think as, as a child that, man, the prayer people were the disciplined people and God would delight in me if I could get up that early and if I could kind of set a regiment, man, then I'd be delighted in. And sometimes it's easy to think, well, God surely delights in the EM bounds of the world. Maybe God delights in a John Wesley or God delights in a family member that you know that's really disciplined and able to kind of keep a prayer life. But I contend this morning that prayer doesn't usually begin in discipline. It often begins in desperation. In other words, it doesn't always begin with this regimented, I'm gonna do it because it's the right thing. But I think that God looks at broken people who are truly desperate. And when you really recognize your weakness and your need, then you begin to just lift your eyes and go, oh God. And he goes, I heard that prayer, that cry, that cry of God, I need you. And no doubt about it, man, sometimes our desperate prayers will recognize that God intervened and they'll grow into a place of disciplined prayers. But I wanna encourage you today, whatever your prayer life looks like, God delights in your prayers no matter where where you're at. If you feel backslidden, if you feel broken, if you feel hurting, if you feel like it's been so long since you could articulate something that God has done in your life, Your God listens to your prayers. Let's look at the story in Mark chapter 10. I love this because Jesus hears the prayer of a desperate man. It says this in verse 46, they came to Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him. 
and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Look at Bartimaeus. What's the motivation in Bartimaeus as Jesus walks by? Bartimaeus needs a miracle. Bartimaeus needs Jesus to heal him. And it is highly probable that there were a lot of blind people in that day that never received Jesus healing them because they never cried out. But Bartimaeus decided, hey, if this Messiah, if this young rabbi from Galilee and the story's going around that he's healing people, if he's walking by, then I'm gonna cry out because I have heard the stories that he does miracles. And if he's doing miracles, I want in on it. And so he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it's interesting in the story because it says people began to rebuke him. Be quiet, blind man. You know, in your own journey of being a man or a woman of prayer, as you cry out to God, you live in a culture that will say spending your time, money, and energy on prayer is a waste of time. You live in a culture where it might not be a forthright rebuke, but it will be a little bit annoyed. Come on. A little bit sarcastic. Really? Like your church is doing 21 days of prayer and, and you're going to go spend this Friday night at the prayer meeting instead of fill in the blank. Instead of good things. After all, you could read this book on this business and you might get a little bit better. You could, you could take this night, hang out, sit in the hot tub, watch the game. You could fill in the, all the things that you could do. And the culture, as you give yourself consistently, week after week, We've just decided we're going to be a people that pray every Wednesday night in this state of holy desperation saying, God, we need you. And no matter how hard we work to love people, no matter how hard we work, Lord, to serve, we know that it's not man's activity. We know that only Jesus builds his church. And so God, we need you. And we've just started to make prayer, relationship with God right at the center. But you can imagine in a busy culture, just like there was the rebuke over the blind man, there's gonna be people that mock you a little bit as you say, you know what, as for me and my family, we're gonna give ourselves to prayer. Oh, come on. You should give yourself to cleaning the house. <laughs> you should give yourself to something, but really? And over and over again, there's gonna be that little stigma, that little annoyance, like you're really gonna believe that you talking to God makes a difference. Same way that people rebuked Bartimaeus. Oh, come on, blind man. But here's the beautiful story. Jesus is walking and a desperate man, a broken man, lowest in the culture. If you were a blind man, your only way of having occupation is to beg. You're the lowest part of society. And the broken man, not the highly educated man, the broken man gets the attention of Jesus. The one who Jesus is his only hope. Sometimes you and me, it's pretty easy for us to go, I'll pray as a last resort. Once I've expended all of my energy, well, I've got a big bank account, or well, I'm a hard worker. And you know, what's funny is in America, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll just look at people and we'll say, hey, well, if you'll just, if you'll just work hard, you know, be smart, 
then you'll get yourself out of that mess. And that's kind of the American independent spirit. But you know, the Jesus mentality is not be the hardest worker and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make something of your life. You know what Jesus is? Jesus is depend on me. Recognize your weakness. Look to me and ask and seek and cry out. And so the great story of not the most educated, but the most broken cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Quiet, they said. And it says in the scriptures, so Bartimaeus shouted all the more. Like the mockery of the other people actually caused him to want to shout all the louder. Like, okay, you're gonna tell me to shut up? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Same is true in our lives. You're really gonna give yourself to prayer. You're gonna get up early as a man of God. You know, you could get an extra hour of sleep rather than getting up and praying for your wife and your kids. You're, gonna, you're actually gonna believe that those prayers are the best way to spend your time. You know, you could, you could exercise, you could clean the house, you could fill in the blank, get to out, work an extra hour early. You could, you could listen to sports radio and know more than everybody else about the AFC West champions. You too could know stuff. And you'll hear all those things. Here's the challenge. Those rebukes don't stop you. You have this conviction. He is who he says he is. He has done miracles for others. He is the God who hears the prayers of his people. And so those rebukes only cause me all the more to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And you become a person. Maybe not that disciplined, maybe that desperate. And so desperate that as you're driving to work, you just can't help but turn off sports radio because you're so desperate. And just say, oh God, God, have your way in my marriage. God help. And he goes and he turns. It's this great story where it catches the attention. God incarnate. I mean, Jesus is walking on the planet and the most broken blind man, a desperate man gets the attention and it. I just love the text because it says he stops. I think the same is true for us. God goes, <sighs> he stops. I hear you. I got you. Yeah, but God, I don't have the eloquent words of an A.W. Tozer. I'm not a preacher. God, I don't have the, I don't have the scriptures memorized like my great grandmother used to quote. God, I can't pray King James prayers. Oh God, a hedge of protection and bestoweth. Oh, that I don't even know how to talk that way. And he goes, I hear your prayers. And you too, you too can cause him to stop. And he calls to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see. And Bartimaeus, the broken, desperate man who refused to stop asking, sees a miracle. Friends, as a church, we want to be like Bartimaeus. And we could easily say, you know what? Let's expend our energy on other things. But we want to be a church that says, we're going to gather together. And we're going to believe that as we unite and as we ask and as we seek and as we knock and as we fast and pray, God looks down and he goes, what do you want? And we say, God, we want your kingdom to come. 
God, we want, we want supernatural activity in our church. God, we want a city that's transformed. God, we want our young people to know you from the days of their youth. God, we don't want the statistics about young people leaving the faith to be true about our children. God, we need you. We are weak. You are strong. We, we can't make enough money. We can't have a big enough business. We can't, we can't do, we need God. If we have God, then we got every, and all of a sudden he goes, bam, all right. And the blessing that we want more than anything is God himself. We want you. If we got you, we got it all. And we want, we want you. And friend, prayer is not just for the disciplined. Prayer is for the desperate. And then when you experience God, like reaching in and changing your world over and over and over again, in time, you start to believe that so firmly, you say, I want to form a habit of crying out to God. I want every day to put that as a chief piece of my life. I want to cry out because I know that I can't help but not pray because when I pray, God does stuff. A number of years ago, um, I was at a pastor's conference and there was about 1,500 pastors in the room and there was a missionary that was sharing and he'd been working overseas for 30 years. And he came back to the American Pastors Conference to share about what God was doing overseas. And he said this moment, and I, don't, I only remember from his whole presentation, I remember one paragraph where he pulled out some charts and he said, there was a massive move where the local church in the United States was praying called Pray Through the Window in the 1990s. And he said it started here and he showed where it started in the early 90s and the origins of it. And then he showed how this prayer movement spread and how local churches across the United States and then across the globe began to pray. And he began to show the statistics about how many churches all through the 90s were praying for the, this area of, of the world that, was one of the, that is one of the darkest regions of the world where the gospel has not penetrated. And he showed these statistics and, he, and then he showed matching statistics where he showed in his work where this is what's happened. These are the people that have said yes to Jesus. This is the new churches that we've planted. These are the new pastors that we've trained. This is the new literature that we have distribute, distributed. And he began to show how it went up. And as the prayers increased throughout the 90s, uh, so did the work of God. And, and then he said, and then it ended in 2000. And he said, and that prayer was an effort that just ended and it, was, it ended in the year 2000. And, and he said, so you guys, you guys just stopped. I mean, it just stopped. And then he showed a graph about how his work had risen in the 90s and declined. And he showed the work of all these churches and all that they were trying to do. And I'll never forget where he looked at 1,400 theologically trained men and women. And he said, guys, I don't have a seminary degree. I don't know how to intellectually tie all the knots to, to, to prove this to you. He said, I am a practitioner that spends my whole life trying to help people come to know Jesus overseas. And he said this, here's the one thing that I know. When you pray, God does stuff. When you pray, God works. And friends, as simplistic as that sounds, we are a people that go, God, we come before you. You delight in the prayers of the saints and when you pray, I don't care what your education is. I don't care if you've, I, I, I don't care how long you've been a Christ follower. When you pray, God 
does stuff. He delights in your prayers and he hears your prayers. Let's look at this famous text, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel's been in a series or in a season of praying and fasting. Look what happens. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, here it is, your words were heard. Let's just stop right there. He says, Daniel, your words were heard. Every time that you cried out, Daniel, every word was heard. One of the lies of the enemy that he still comes and says to us today is, God doesn't hear your prayers. So David, you're gonna tell me as part of your message, God hears my prayers. What is this, radiant kids service? Yeah, like little children. Let's lock in with this. If we believe at our core that God hears every prayer, whoa, we might give ourselves to prayer more than a whole lot of other things. If it's a core conviction, I mean, imagine the absurdity of Daniel. In the, he's been giving himself to a season of prayer and fasting. He's also been a man who had a habit of prayer three times a day. And the angel comes and says, Daniel, from the first moment that you set your heart to understanding, I have, your words have been heard. Your words, friend, just like his, Jesus said it. Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door is open. We've got Bible texts that say, God hears your prayers, your big faith prayers, your small desperate prayers. Every word, every prayer you pray is heard. Every time, like every prayer. Like we've got all these commands to pray. Pray without ceasing, you know, ask and receive, seek and find, knock and the door is open. We've got all these commands to prayer. And yet you can find ways that God cares about things that are way less important. Like the moment we read in Luke where it says that he cares about every hair on your head. Well, like who cares how many hairs are on your head? You know, like you don't care. Uh, I mean, you care, sorry. Some of you care, all of us care, but you don't have them numbered, right? Like you're not like, you don't care about the number of hairs on your head, right? But the scripture says every hair is like, it doesn't all, all, it's just, it's, it just means nothing to us, but God cares, right? Like he knows, he cares. In, in Psalm 56, it says that he collects every tear that you cry in a bottle, meaning he knows your cares. He knows just about the angst. He just knows what's going on with you. He just knows you. Like he cares about you that much. He knows your thoughts. He cares about the hairs on your head. He he cares about your tears. How much more does he hear every prayer that you pray? Every time that you cry out. First John 5 says that. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Man, just get that in you in the beginning of 2017. He hears your prayers. And sometimes it's the desperate prayer and you don't even know what to say. Desperate, weak people don't always pray mature prayers. We don't always come before God and know the exact text and the exact language and the exact way to pray it. Like, it's not like we come before God and we're like, all right, set aside a time and then, oh, great father, bestoweth upon me an abundance of thy blessing, amen. You know, and we think, now that's, that's what the prayer people do, right? You know how the desperate Bartimaeus prayed? 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Simplistic, desperate, I need you, God. Our prayers are usually, oh God. And you just sense this level of, I need God more than I need anything else. And so I, I, because I need you, there's a willingness to just, I'll just, I'll just turn off Pandora music for just a moment or I'll, I'll just turn off whatever it is or I'll give up so, because communing with God and asking and believing that that supernaturally God is at work when I pray is of higher value than reading another website. Oh God. And just that desperate, God, I need you. And scripture says, in Romans 8, it says sometimes we don't even know what to pray. Like we don't even have the right, like we don't, we don't have words for it. So Romans 8, it says sometimes, not only does he just hear your word, he hears, it says we groan. <laughs> sometimes we, it's, just, it's just, God, we're, we're just so needy, for, it was just groaning. That's what it says in Romans 8. It's that idea, it's just like, oh, and you don't even know. You're just thinking about, you need God's activity in your family. You don't have beautiful words to say, so you just driving down the road, just, oh God, and he goes, got it heard it. And then it's, ah, heard it. Oh, count it. Mark it down. He hears every prayer you pray. And not only does he hear it, but then the angel says to Daniel, and I have come in response to your prayer. What? Yeah. Now, imagine if you're Daniel and you're like, let me get this straight. Angel of the Lord dispatched from heaven because human being prayed. Uh-huh. What's up now? Like, I am somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You mean like, like my prayers can dispatch the angel. Well, God dispatched the angel, but every word was heard. Huh. Huh. If, if that's true, that means that what I pray is not just heard, but it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That kind of gives me some dignity on planet earth. That's right. Yeah. But see, everybody else says that the best way that I should spend my time is trying to do more recreation and make more money and Live for me. Yeah, they're the morons. Oh. Yeah, they're the ones that are choosing to live for now, but you're choosing to live for eternity. They're the ones that are living for themselves. You're choosing to live for Jesus. It's a whole different game. Ah. But, but if I do that, if I believe that, that'll force me to live differently amidst all the people that say to live for me. Right. Uh. That's hard because they might rebuke me. That's the story. But if I do that, they might say that I'm wasting my time. They will. Ah! But I want everybody around me to like me and I just, I, 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 want, I want to you know, be okay with God and I want to kind of be okay with everybody else too. Bad strategy. Better strategy. Jesus, son of David, I need you. I want you cry out and believe that every time you pray it matters 
There's this great moment that we read about in Revelation 19 where we say, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Here's what that means. We'll look at God, human history's over, and we'll go, hallelujah, the most powerful being on the planet did everything right. Hallelujah, you reigned. What you said was true was true. You never lied. It was always true, right? God, I, I couldn't figure out how, how my prayers and, and you working, I couldn't figure out how that worked. So I just decided to punt on the whole idea of prayer, back up in apathy and just kind of give up on it because I couldn't figure it out. He'll say, did I tell you to figure it out or did I tell you to do it like a child and ask like a child, ask for good gifts? Well, I don't like being a child. I got double digits on my ACT and I'm a smart guy. <laughs> ask and you'll receive, Jesus said. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open for everyone. I mean, not just some prayers. Yeah, every prayer. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Can't be, can't be true. Jesus must've been making that up because I've prayed for things and they didn't turn out the way that I thought. Oh, and who are you? Right? Imagine that day where suddenly you might be able to see more like God sees. And in that moment, you look at human history and you go, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. You don't go, ah, you messed it up. You said this, but it was really this. No, you'll go, ha, hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord God, omnipotent, all powerful. The one who had power, he did it right. And you'll look back and you go, you, you heard every word, every time I prayed. Right, 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 I told you that. God, every, every, every prayer I prayed made a difference. Yeah, 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 I told you that. Well, yeah, but I didn't believe you. I mean, I was a pretty smart guy. Couldn't figure it out. I didn't tell you to figure it out. I told you, come to me like a child in faith and belief. I wanna give good gifts to my kids. Ask, seek, knock. Yeah, but I couldn't figure out how I would ask for this blessing and it didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen. Oh, really? Is this your kingdom come, your will be done, and I'm the agent to make your life work? Or am I the God of the universe? And when you see me, you see I am good, I am faithful, I am awesome. And you will look back and you'll go, God, you, when I, was, when I was 10 and I prayed that prayer, it seemed like just a cute prayer that my parents made me pray because I was homeschooled. <laughs> you used that prayer, uh-huh. God, when I was 15, I had braces and a mullet. You, you used that prayer and I was, and I, didn't, I, thought, I thought in that season you didn't answer my prayers, but you were working. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I, I, I told you. Every, every word is heard. Asking you receive, seeking to find, knocking the Everyone who asks receives. What? Yeah. God, when I was in college and I led that one prayer meeting and nobody came except for that one strange girl who had a crush on me. 
Do you use even those prayers? Yeah, those prayers too. God, you used every, every prayer made a difference. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. The Lord God, you're awesome. I can't, what, he, that's the response. God, if I'd have known then what I can see now, I would have given my life to more prayer and less Facebook. God, if I could, have, if I could, if I could see then what I see now, I would have cared a little bit less about my Retirement, I would have cared about every tongue, tribe, and nation knowing Jesus. God! And friends, our privilege in 2017 is to gather together like kids, keep believing. And there's days where it feels like, man, everything's making sense. Man, we prayed and that person was healed. And there's days where we go, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see like he sees. But I'm a kid and he's omniscient, and I don't know like he knows. So I pray, and I trust, and I keep contending in prayer, knowing that the greatest way I can spend my morning, my evening, is crying out in the place of prayer. Let's pray together. Will you stand with me? life right now for just a moment, just your own heart. Just pray, just God, I need you. Just Bartimaeus, just whatever you know to be true, just God, I need you. God, I... Maybe you need a miracle in your body, you need physical healing. Maybe you have just a heart, you want to you love the scriptures and we're talking about reading the scripture every day and you just think, oh, it sounds so boring. And you just want to say, oh God, help me to love the word of God again. Maybe talking about prayer meetings to you sounds like miserable and you just want to say, God, just, just help me fall in love with talking to you again. Help me to tolerate those musicians and intercessors and people. God, just do, maybe, maybe you need a financial miracle, but just take just a moment and just stand in, in, in prayer for your own heart for just a moment. Now will you just take a moment and just pray for your family? You could be praying for your parents if you're a young person or a single person. Maybe it's praying for your spouse, kids. Just take a moment. Just believing. Now, would you just take a minute? Would you just pray for Radiant Church? Just, just for a moment. Even one sentence. Lord, let this be a church. Broken. Find Jesus. 
that disciples are made. Now, would you just take a moment and even just one sentence, would you just pray for Kansas City, the city that God has called us to reach? take a moment you just pray for our nation even in this season of transition our country and all of the people that talk about it would you just take a moment and just say oh God do a work in our country pray for the local churches across North America United States of America God would work Finally, let's just pray a prayer for the nations, unreached people, places where the gospel is not gone, places that are post-Christian where there's so little life, gone dry and dark. Just pray, oh God, have your way in the nations, Europe, Africa. South America, Asia, God, we just ask, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. Now, that was very short. That was one sentence on a few different topics. But here's the reality. commentator down for a couple minutes and talk to the one who really holds everything in the palm of his hand. Take just a moment. Press pause on the iPhone. Take just a moment. Even while you're on the elliptical machine, just stop or keep going. Just pray. That's the great thing about prayer. You don't have to be you don't have to be hyper-intelligent to pray. You don't have to be super athletic to pray. You don't have to be rich to pray. You don't have to be in style. You don't have to wear girl jeans. You don't have to, you don't have, you can be you, whatever you are. And literally make a difference. Just 90 seconds, 60 second prayers. I wanna just encourage you in these 21 days, even if you can't make the nights, man, just take a few moments. Poor God, just pray, God, have your way. Today there's potentially someone here and you're, you're not walking with Jesus. And you just wanna make this decision. I, I wanna follow God, I don't wanna live for me. Man, I don't know anything. He's, he knows everything. You just wanna make this choice. Living for you is not the best way. Following Jesus is the eternal way. I want to give you just a moment to make that decision. And so I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Let's just all, let's just all bow our heads, close our eyes. 
today you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, will you just repeat this prayer after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending your son to come to earth and die for me. God, I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. I choose not my own path. I choose to follow you. I change my mind on sin and following me. And I decide you be the Lord of my life. You be the one who I follow. Come be in me. I want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at RadiantChurchKC.com.